1: The Jets then take Mark Sanchez. Yes, they did. <laughs> David.
0: Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at DaveDameshek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek.
1: Hi and hello, football fans. Welcome to the Dave Damaschek football program presented by Me Undies, which I am wearing on my bottom. Yes. Oh. As we Hey-oh. speak, by the end of this show, we will announce who gets the MUP, the uh, Me Undies performer of the show, the MUP. There's an MVP <laughs> and an MUP. You just heard me and Malcolm Jenkins there, kibitzing about his 2008. Or was it 2009? Now I'm already confused. 2009. 2009. 2009 draft experience. He was the 14th overall pick, so that was great. Pretty, you know, relatively speaking, being the 14th pick is good. Then we went through the 13 names that were read off before his, and boy, it's a bounty of atrocities. And Mark Sanchez, the butt fumbler, is uh, is just the tip of the crummy iceberg. There are a lot of names in there that are very funny, and in a couple of times, including the Mark Sanchez one, we just burst out laughing when we read the name. Number seven is the other one to look out for. Go on Facebook and or Twitter, and you can find the link to my conversation with Malcolm Jenkins there, uh, promoted by the NFL, and listen to it, and I, I think you'll agree. It was a gay time we had with our pal Malcolm Jenkins, who right now is the front runner for the 2017 Shecky Award for our favorite football Uh playing guest. Speaking of people who have won that esteemed, esteemed honor, A.J. Hawk has officially hung him up. He not only has won the Shecky Award in the past, not once but twice, but also hangs for eternity now on the digital wall of fame here in Studio 66. Alongside Maurice Jones, Drew Ike Taylor, Emma VP. we got to add a few names to that, though. You know, who else? If Jenkins keeps this up, he might make the wall, too. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to put the cart before the horse. We have the draft coming up a week from now. We'll be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for the 2017 NFL draft. Let's keep it's about. Let Let's keep it's about all of it. And when I say all of it, I mean not just the game of football. I also mean the game of life. Hmm. Let's do it with two people who have great insight on both football and life. First of all, you see him on NFL. Now you see him talking about entertainment here, there, and everywhere. It's our pal. From the Lone Star State, Mark took. What's the poop, fella? What do you say, brother? Nothing. I'd like some energy. Well, but we're I, gonna be I, sitting here. You may as well, well be happy about you it. No,
3: I want you to know I, I am excited to be here today and I actually did a little homework coming in. You know, we were gonna talk uh top five worst quarterback situations yes. in the league. Yeah, we're I actually to that. ranked what I perceive each each division's quarterback situation, and then I ranked the division's in quarterback strength. Just to throw a little flavor, and I want you to know I didn't just show up here today to be on the show. I actually put in the effort ahead of time because right. that's how much you and this, I this mean, podcast mean to me.
1: I, I Part of me feels like you're being a little obsequious, but on the other hand, I, I appreciate that. I haven't the, been here in a while, so I think I, appreciate I would the uh, toil. Make it worthwhile. And also, that puts egg on the face of the guy seated to your immediate left. Absolutely. Like Look, NFL I, Network up to the minute. You know, I got—I finally uh, broke through there. I got—I I appeared oh. on there for three minutes last week.
2: I, I, I hate the circumstances that it took for it to happen, but
1: while well, we make tidbits about uh, another matter later this week, I'll let yes. you know about that if you follow me at Damashek. Meantime, let's say hello to the new father. It's Patrick Claibon. What's the poop with you, fellow? Just just
2: hanging out. Uh, I know we're going to talk about social media. What uh, Mark just did was a subtweet. Uh, <laughs> indicating my lack of preparedness. Uh, yeah, I know. It's embarrassing,
1: also. but let's not live life in the rearview mirror. Instead, let's uh, let's look ahead and get excited for everything by taking a listen to Patrick Claibon's theme music.
2: <laughs> yeah. He's that guy who hosts the show up to the minute.
1: Every dream he has at night has Jack Bauer in it takes then he'll give his the arm takes men yeah strikes again star wars movies getting lit what's that movie you were in nobody heard of it the most handsome man dave has on he's patrick he's patrick he's
0: patrick clay bond Bon Bon bond bon.
1: Has Handsome heard that yet, Handsome Hank Hodge? I'm not sure. <clears throat> Our
2: relationship has been
1: icy since the, song, not surprised. Uh, since the song dropped. I know. It's in his name, but now it's in your theme song, the most handsome man here on the show, mm. up to the minute and beyond. Ryan Shazier. That feels
3: like a subtweet. How
1: about this? <laughs> Ryan Shazier of the Pittsburgh Steelers joining us in just a matter of moments. Yes. As I, you know, no jive is my rule here. In Studio sixty six, so I'm not going to jive you. Now we've already recorded it, and I can assure you, it is a delightful conversation. Emma VP, you were there for it, right? I was. It was was awesome. it nice? It was really great. You guys. We talked about stuff.
2: Some stuff, yeah, for sure.
1: We talked about stuff. we talked about his draft experience because yes. he was right there. It's very interesting. There was a lot of talk that he might go to the Baltimore Ravens, he might go to the Dallas Cowboys, or to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it really came down to that right around, what was that, two years ago, three years ago now?
0: 2014. Mm -hmm.
1: I do remember I went up to him in Radio City Music Hall moments after he got drafted, and I said, hey, you want to ingratiate yourself here and now to Pittsburgh sports fans? Just say into my cell phone here, let's go Pens, beat those Rangers. And he did, and it, uh, and it <laughs> took off in the, on the banks of the Three Rivers. Yeah, it was bad, though, Claybon. As you say, it was a shame to obviously have to be kibitzing about uh, the great Dan Rooney, one of the real NFL titans in history. We talk about that with Ryan Shazier. A lot of people been weighing in. I think the best you can do, really – a lot of people have written some lovely prose about a great man. And, you know, it's not a coincidence. People people get into platitudinous talk, obviously, when somebody passes. But you can feel the uh, sincerity of a life well-lived and treating people well, that, that that many people are weighing in and saying the exact same thing. I mean, you're not hearing a lot of variation. It's, boy, he he treated everybody the same. And I don't know anybody, I don't know that there's a better thing you can say about a person. My old man, I've told it before, my old man, I would go to the hospital with him. He was a doctor in Pittsburgh. And the janitors and the, the people behind the cafeteria counters and stuff, they would pull me aside, small Dave, and they would say, they would say, you know, your father's the only doctor here who talks to us, and he's the only one who treats us like we're, uh, we're his equals. And uh, that's, what, that's why he's our favorite doctor here at the hospital. That was nice, right? And you decided not to. I went the other way. <laughs> I decided I know, you know not? what? That's what we have look, I'll live off the fumes of that uh <laughs> those niceties and I'm gonna just uh let my hair down and live for me and me alone. Let's talk though about with Claybon, he's a new father. What else could we talk? We have we have several things to talk about. Should we jump into football? Right out of the gate here, and then we'll get loose in a minute. Emma VP, yeah, what do you think about that? Let's do a little that?
2: football, go to Ryan, and then come back for some nonsense. Okay. Anybody watching? <laughs>
1: if we're talking about football, or we're talking about sports, is anybody tuning into the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs so far this year? Yes. Oh my goodness, have they been splendid? Not, I'm not just saying that because I'm a Penguins fan, and my team uh, currently looks like they're going to escape the first round. But I, it's bad. I hate. First of all, I hate when people, random schnooks, myself included, in this. Worry about what it's going to do to TV ratings. Like, oh, Hawks and Caps better not lose, or else that's a NBC's not going NHL. Won. That's not your concern. Uh, guy in Topeka, don't worry about it. Just enjoy the game. So what do you wringing in your hands? If for, people in Topeka for these,
3: aren't the only ones guilty of this. Well,
1: yeah, these billionaire you're TV executives, you're worried about, oh, I'm worried about what it's going to mean for the ratings. Why, why, did, why do people care? I, I think the I reason people care,
2: the root of it is those stupid sport versus sport conversations where it's like, my sport is better than your sport. I suppose
1: that's and true. And everybody
2: sing, just winds up looking like a jerk, and that... that extends to, like you said, the people in Topeka, like caring about ratings, like how much Bob Johnson, the executive over at Johnson and Johnson is is going to get off of his advertisements.
1: People don't like to feel like suckers. They feel like that. Everybody wants to be in on it. Everybody. I always say the human condition requires that everybody is able to rationalize their own essential part in the human experience. Nobody nobody is just off on the side in their own brain. Everybody is the star of their own movie. You have to keep that in mind. Speaking of making movies that aren't exactly, uh, exactly documentaries, Same. rather they're fictionalized on some level, what about this Alex Jones jazz? <laughs> that this guy well, oh, I, I, was, I was just a persona. I don't believe any of the stuff I say. Huh, you know what that sounds like? WWE. You know what else that sounds like? lot of the multimillionaire sports talkers who, who say things just to get attention, as we've said here before, and I'll say again now, it doesn't do me any benefit to, to name check those people. You know who they are. they
3: I, I was kind of hoping you would, though.
1: I, oh, I've done I it in the past. The you straight. know who they are. I just don't think it's, uh, there's any value in name. But these people who make up and admit – Oh, I don't really believe that. I'm just creating a position to be compelling. Like, mm-hmm. But then there's no merit to yeah. it. So why, what kind of show comp- are you making? It's not
2: compelling then at all. What are you,
3: wait, wait, so, so wait, where, where do you making? What's a show? To go back to the WWE reference, where do you fall on wrestling highlights on legitimate sport outlet broadcasts like ESP? I guess I'm a curmudgeon. I don't love it. I don't I, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's like, no, no, this wasn't This wasn't a, 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 a game of skill where two guys went head-to-head and we didn't know what the outcome was going to be. This was written in some Manhattan boardroom, and they played it out at Well, at least WWE
1: and like a movie or a TV show is positioned as something that is fictionalized. When you go by your name and you go on the radio and or TV and you spout these opinions that you don't actually believe, there isn't uh, – you, you haven't <coughs> created any separation between <laughs> your persona – and the actual person that you're... Everybody assumes that's your real opinion. And it's awfully weird when you're talking about people who wear their hats backwards and why that equals them never winning a title. It insinuates racism, by the way, when you do that. But anyway... But- Shh. We could go. We could go. Past doesn't it do, didn't have a strong father figure growing up. Yeah. Like, we we could go past. Oh no, situations. he doesn't really believe that. His apologist. Steve he doesn't really Atlantic. believe that. He just says that to get attention. Like, what is the that difference? worse? Is
2: that worse what's, then? What's the difference <laughs> in saying it to get attention and just in saying it and believing it? Like, right.
3: Maybe that is worse. Yeah. That's. It's like you're. You're. At least if you're believing it, there's an authenticity behind it where you're. You're taking. And let's and let's not let's not
2: clean people who listen to it and consume it and repeat it of any culpability. Uh, just because that person. Said, oh, you know, I was just on. You're all, you're all complicit. So.
1: It is Tuesday as we record this. That I am doing my okay. bi-monthly appearance on the Adam Carolla show on Wednesday evening. Look for that on Thursday morning later this week. Uh, but something we talked about the last time. Is this weird indulgence of nonsense that, like, <laughs> it kind of is like, and even our guy AJ Hawk, he did this, like, you know, he signed with the Packers so he could retire a Packer, and who else did? It? Roddy White just did that, and whoever else just did that. Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson. For whose benefit? What are we doing this for? We only have so many precious moments here on the Big Blue Marble, and we're wasting those moments having grown men sign contracts to pretend they're back on that team. For who? For the guy? He knows he's not. That's not true. The organization doesn't care. The fans? Who cares? This is all this thing. It's very much like. A president making random accusations on Twitter that have no veracity, and then we have to spend the next month Wait, indulging those things. How are those equitable?
3: That. How are those at all equitable? That was, that was the same thing. That was a Carl I didn't Lewis say leap. it's the
1: same thing. It's a leap. <laughs> you're right. But that's where we live now, friend. Wake up. Smell the coffee or roses or whatever it is. All right, let's talk about five bad companies quarterbacks here the five the five worst because now everybody's talking again we talked with Dwayne Brown we have that coming up for you in a couple days meantime look for some interesting thoughts we asked him who's tougher to block in practice he obviously gets to go up against Whitney Merciless JJ Watt and Jadavian Clowney so he had some keen insight on that plus his draft experience and beyond he had some good food thoughts as well Did uh, All-Pro Dwayne Brown. Um, But, you know, the Texans, we asked him about that. Interesting reaction. What did you think the day you heard Tony Romo was not coming to the Texans? He's going up to the broadcast booth. And then, of course, this opens up. So what do you think? Tom Savage, Cuddy, Cap, or the draft? Houston is a team that really is Super Bowl-ready in my book if they can figure out that QB thing, and he doesn't have to be the second coming of Aaron Rodgers to do it. He's got to be like top 12-ish quarterback, right? I
3: mean, they could ride Denver's playbook from two years ago, you, you think. I mean, right. that's, that's the goal, obviously, but uh, I certainly thought that they telegraphed an impending Romo trade when uh, they
1: sent Brock Osweiler away, and but that's a real head-scratcher. By the way – I knew about the Romo retirement thing. There we go. Way before everybody else. <laughs> but to prove that Damashek is a vault, when somebody says you cannot repeat this anywhere, Damashek does it. He puts it in the vault. Bonk. It stayed there until it was time for it to be public. Who made that deposit into the? Vault? I don't want to. I don't even think it's appropriate for me to even talk about that.
2: The vault Look. sound effect is spectacular.
1: What the romp? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> on a later show we have to discuss uh when you say vault that reminds me you know uh, the puck in one of the games uh, on monday night hit the stanchion between the glass and bounded back into play and then somebody scored with it um and it occurred to me we know a lot of words because of sports stanchion you wouldn't know Mm. what stanchion means we got to do a whole list of words that are used only in sports although we do confuse podium and dais
3: quite often Sports context. Not and you're a lot of dias, do you? Yeah. Well, most times when we talk about guys being at the podium, they're actually on a dais and and vice
1: versa. But not at the podium. But we say you're at the podium. Stanchion. I feel like you know what we could call that. We could call it the. Uh, we could call it the. Uh, what's the redemption? What's it called? The Shawshank Redemption. I submit that 98% of the human uh, population knows what the word obtuse means because of the conversation. Absolutely. Between the uh what's his name? What is he? The The warden? The warden. I couldn't think of the word warden but I could think of the word obtuse. obtuse. Warden it's and fitting. uh what's his name? What's the guy's name? Andy. Andy Dufresne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are you being so obtuse? Uh, you know, and then they have that back and forth. I think we mo- most of us learned what it means because we mm. watched that movie. Similarly, we know words that we otherwise wouldn't. See who says sports ain't a learning opportunity, right? It ain't. All right, Is took. Take it away. Read us the five worst position groups going in the NFL. Uh, five worst quarterback situations is yes, what
3: we're doing Yes entering here. the draft All right so I've got uh, Chicago's uh Cleveland's the Jets San Francisco and Jacksonville Jacksonville's the worst uh not the worst even though it is the worst on here that's not in any order I just think those are the five that are the biggest
1: head
2: scratchers
1: I, I in, think your
2: order the way you read it is close to right one through.
1: I you know what right out of the gate I hate to uh, be disagreeable but Please bring it I, mean, I I I'm cautiously optimistic about Mike Glennon I don't think he's okay. going to be. I don't think he's going to be a uh, one of the top half dozen QBs in twenty seventeen. But I think he's perfectly fine.
2: Let's put a, put a number on it. How, where, where is cautiously optimistic? With
1: well, that? I said I got a little wild with it, and I said they hit double digits this Because I like the team. I like John Fox in year three. I like his body of work. You think if they you, get the ten
3: wins? Is if that? you
1: look at his previous stops, they'll round into shape. The defense, if you assume they go quarter, I mean, they go defense again for an already growing defense. Jordan Howard, let's again. They, they were a better team than their record ended right. last year. I, it's just hard for me to – get behind Mike they gutted. were gutted this the, the strength of that team is the is the offensive line specifically the interior of that offensive line and they were gutted over the course of the season at that spot and the other thing is Kevin White was a special talent coming out so much so a lot of people thought you should take Kevin White over Amari Cooper and he's just been hurt what if he I mean, I know it's an if but if he comes back and is right now with Cameron Meredith you have the pieces there now to be to be competitive if Mike Glennon is all right, and if you protect him, I as I always contend, the greatest key to success, if you are a pro level worthy quarterback, is protection. That's that's the equalizer. You, you're fine if, if 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 your line can keep you clean, give you an extra half second, then most guys in the NFL will be halfway competent. That and I think the a lot of
2: optimism. Yeah, I will I will submit and and let me know if I'm saying anything that you didn't. Uh, sure feel with the Bears the reason that their situation is the worst is because they have the money already invested in Mike Glennon hmm. and some of these other quarterback situations like the Texans well you can you can draft a rookie guy or but with the Jets and with the Bears it's like well we've got these quarterbacks and we don't know if they're the future we don't know if they're but, the past no
3: you're, you're you're on the right track so I put the quarterback situation I, I think Blake Bortles is a somewhat measurably better quarterback than Tom Savage, but the situation is worse in Jacksonville because you've seen – you've got a great body – or you've got enough of a body of work of Blake Bortles to say, you know, I think this is who the guy is, and by the way, what do we do next? If you're Houston, uh, you don't have the money tied up that you did in Brock Osweiler now, not the same. And
1: so I feel like there's there's some more variables there. We can see where they go. Yeah. We have seen in history just because a lot of quarterbacks in the 21st century and people accuse me of denouncing quarterbacks (laughs) who don't immediately start as rookies and soar. Like people like, ah, you're all over the place on your court. I'm, quite clear about what i think about quarterbacks first of all i judge them with the eyeballs that's what damage checks. all this nonsense <laughs> at the combine i don't I, I look at them does he look like an nfl qb it's a, it's that simple for me really and that's led me to mostly successful stories ryan mallet notwithstanding um blake bortles like you know i i don't know his ability to learn a playbook that's what i can't gauge from a distance and that has apparently been his bugaboo down there in Jacksonville, and also they haven't kept them clean very well. That and a high completion percentage to opposing players. Yeah, that's here's,
2: here's the thing that I'll say about. But, Blake.
1: but, but my point is a lot of guys who drafted high as rookies they go in, they play well, so on and so forth. That doesn't have to be the script for every quarterback's no. career. Blake Bortles could mature up and really settle in and say, I'm a, shame the devil if I'm not the wizard of this playbook by the time we get to training camp in year four. And if he does that, then he can salvage things on a very talented team.
2: Like you um, – and anybody that says that you're overly unfair in quarterbacks can just bring up – I mean, you you were championing Mike Glennon. Like, Dave gives <laughs> quarterbacks chances, folks. I mean,
3: he just gave Blake Bortles another chance, too. But the thing
2: is, I've, we've seen Blake Bortles make a play. And it's like that. – we've talked about this. Like, quarterbacks that are fun to watch because they make plays and, and how that translates to fans enjoying things. I, I don't know that watching Mike Glennon or Tom Savage – that there was ever this moment mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, <laughs> Mike Glennon did that thing, baby. Tom Savage just ripping it in there. Like, it, it never happened. I yeah, the guess.
3: The for Blake Bortles, though, I think is he 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 looks the part. I mean, you have seen him run around and, and look comfortable behind center, and, and you don't see the same level. I feel like we saw that with Dak Prescott last year early on, that it was surprising how comfortable he looked behind an NFL offensive line as a, as a young starter, and you've seen that from Blake Bortles. It's just the
1: results have not been – Right Spine. now, right here and now, I said – wait, I'm trying to think back through my successes and failures. I did say – and this is pre – let's go all the way back to 2004. I said the best of those three quarterbacks, before the Steelers drafted them or anything else, I said, you watch that Ben Roethlisberger from from uh, Ohio is going to end up being the, the best of those kids. Why? because he cut the figure of O'Keefe Bees. <laughs> this big, big big arm moves around, physical runner not slightly built so you didn't feel like he was going to break when he started pulling that stuff running around in the pros or anything. And he, If you can deliver the ball on the move in the NFL that's everything. You're always moving when you throw the ball. No one's clean and standing there unless you're Tom Brady or Drew Brees who unloaded so quick that they negate the pass rush. But most human beings have to find it. They have to look for their receiver a little bit. They have to move around so you have uh, an imperfect situation when you're slinging the ball always and Roethlisberger has that so it leads me to this and I was going to go through all my other successes and failures Um, I think you know most re- I, I liked uh, well Ike sat here a year ago Ike Taylor and said Dak Prescott's going to be the best of the QBs he was mm. proven right about that one Um, and Derek Carr I predicted would be the best of that QB class I think uh, that's hard to, to debate that one right now who has the be- Who is the quarterback in the draft that you would most want, Claiborne? You oh, see yes. a ton of college football. All three of us watch a lot of, lot of college ball. As opposed to many of the so-called experts <laughs> who know their team has to have this guy, even though they they never watch college football. Where would your opinion come from?
2: And they tell you quite proudly that they don't watch college football
1: yeah. all the time. Yeah. I don't watch it. Well, then how do you have <laughs> – where did your opinion come yeah. from then? I know. Combine? Their cone drill time? Come on. I am um, – Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, I would That's like correct. I, I don't, That's I don't the see right ar- answer. I don't see an
2: argument to the contrary.
1: I don't. Mitch Trubisky. Are you kidding me? If the Browns take Mitch Trubisky first overall, which they won't, but if they do, I mean, I don't know what. Shame the devil. Just shutter it up. That's it. <laughs> You can't do that. If you're the Browns and you have your track record, you must go chalk. You have to to keep the stink off any naysayers. You must go with what everybody is saying or else. I mean if you take a Q the UNC QB who's played 11 games, 13 games in his life, that's going to that's the salvation. Mhm. Shish.
3: Uh, I would also second the Deshaun Watson pick, partially because of the body of work. I mean, you look at what he did in back-to-back years to the best defense in college football Air quotes. in Alabama. Uh, I, I just I like guys who have been – who have a lot of experience under center, and he has it and Trubisky doesn't. So I think you know when you want to make an apples-to-apples comparison, look at the starts. I also think that the gentleman who's downstairs right now, Pat Mahomes, is going to be an intriguing kid to watch depending upon how he –
1: adjust to the outcome. I hear you I know that there, I, I know that there's been a late push for him the guy I like is Deshaun Kaiser too I would not mind I mean the Steelers are like a player or two away and if they can get the right piece they have a legit shot at getting to a Super Bowl this season I think and you know if the right guy falls to him John the, John Ross is now being speculated uh, you know there's some some guys that are hybrid play I if if Kaiser's there, man, I would not mind. I would not hate it if the Steelers took a flyer on that guy. We were talking earlier in the uh, NFL Now newsroom last NFL
3: or last Notre Dame starting quarterback with a winning record in the NFL. Do you know the answer? Yeah, I'm just saying. If the room does, it, it wasn't BQ. Is it Joe Montana? <laughs> Joe is that Montana. true? <laughs>
1: yeah. Ooh. yeah, that's grim. But I mean,
3: no, it's just, that, it's just it a funny it, nugget. It's yeah, a funny it's, it's nugget. It's a funny nugget with with the we, pedigree. Yes. That it has. Remember when Tony Rice
1: Rice won a national championship and then contended he could play NFL quarterback? The NFL (laughs) teams disagreed with that thought. Um, All right, you want to go to Ryan Shazier now, Spaghetti and Emma VP? Let's talk a little me undies first. Okay, before we do that, I I want to do some other stuff too before we do to that, but uh, let me ask you something. What's the first thing you put on and the last thing you take off, Patrick Claibon? Underwear. Underwear indeed! Make your most important piece of clothing the best it can be with Me Undies. What is Me Undies? Oh, just seriously soft, feel good undies delivered right to your door. Me Undies are designed in Los Angeles and made from sustainably sourced micro modal A fabric, three times softer than cotton, and they are very, very very soft, I can uh, I can assure you. Me undies softer than soft. Luke's undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns. And guess what? You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. And if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because Me Undies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL. Me Undies. Dot com slash NFL2017 and get 20% off your first pair. Go ahead, revamp your underwear drawer. Once again, MeUndies.com slash NFL2017. MeUndies.com slash NFL2017. Now what, Emma VP? Can we, Do we have to go to Shazier? Why don't we go
2: to Shazier and then we'll come back and talk about all the other stuff.
1: Nah. No? <laughs> okay. I like, you know why? Because I've been listening to a couple of things lately. Uh I've been listening to Pod Save America. I've been listening to some of that new podcast. And their flow, I don't know why, but it it appeals to me that they kibitz and kibitz and kibitz. And then in the second half, they interview somebody. Sure. This
2: is slightly contrary to what you said in our production meeting, though. When you said you wanted Shazier near the top of the
1: show. I know I did. But you know what? I'm mercurial. (laughs) That's one of my worst words to have to say. Mercurial? (laughs) Mercurial.
2: Because you have to make that quick turnaround. Not
1: February. Mercurial. February. February, February, Feb- February, February, February. Yeah. Do you know a lot of people? I think one of the words that people don't know is sherbet. Oh, they want to say sherbert. Most people say there's Sherbet. A, there's a phantom R that gets thrown in. If there. you want to impress your friends, grown friends, tell them about that. I guarantee <laughs> somebody will not know that it's I'll sherbet. It. Are you? Where do you fall? I don't gonna, think that's I'm true. Go
2: the exact opposite. Where do you fall in the bruschetta? Bruschetta.
3: If you want
1: to sound Wait. as lame as possible, <laughs> expouse your belief that people should say sherbet. <laughs> Uh, we have different kinds of friends, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> my friends are easier to <laughs> easier to impress, I suppose, Claybon. How's fatherhood going?
2: It is it is a, a journey into a new era of my life. You have any advice for him, oh my God. You uh, have
1: two? He's he's
2: still in the
3: thick of it. I, I have this this thing that, you know, there's that uh when you get out of the third month, the fog kind of lifts. So I don't know if you're still in the fog. Or not of just that sleep cycle and. Uh, but keep in mind and-
1: this is his first one. The first one is kind of fun. It's so bizarro that you can't fully focus. You don't allow yourself to be fully lucid because <laughs> he, he does the seem life rather, rather lucid
3: that. for having a one month old at home.
2: Yeah, I um, I'm I'm probably wired kind of kind of oddly. This is uh. And, and maybe I'm still I've still got the adrenaline running of oh my god I'm a dad, mm-hmm. and so maybe when when that wears off maybe hypothetically in child two then I'll experience some of this this fog of war, but uh,
1: <laughs> I always heard right now, six that's months. apropos
3: is took <laughs> I always heard
1: that the fog doesn't lift until halfway through their first year and that's kind of been my experience. Okay. I loved it immediately. I just I just enjoyed the the thing from the first uh, from the first week, but um but it is. It is true. Once you get to about, like, month six, eight, nine months... You feel like, oh, it's so cute. I hope I wish that he or she would stay this way forever, and then that never changes for like at least five and a half or six years. Well, like that keeps like it's it oh, better. This is the best. No, oh no, no, this no, is. this is not yeah. the best. I, really I'm
3: not. I'm in that cycle right now with with mine uh, three and one and a half, and it's just like, oh wow, if, if we could just bottle this stage. Oh, but this new thing, this is this is what we got to bottle. I can this never the-
1: remember. But what's weird for me is I can never remember my kids except for how they are right at this moment. I can't recall what they were. Remember a year ago when no. his hair was like, no. no, what? I see a picture. I'm like, oh, my God, I completely forgot about. It. Maybe that's booze. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a booze doing a, like bad things to bed. my brain. Scotchy scotch scotch. Maybe. I love scotch. Speaking of food and such, let's get to it here. Two things. Uh, we're going to go to Philadelphia. What is the uh, We're gonna. – I've never had a proper Philly cheese steak. I don't want to go to Passer Gino's. Everyone has told me that is, uh, you know – the, the tourist trap. Delessandro's, and I always hear Jim's is the way to go. Emma VP, you spent some time over there. Which one are we going to go to? Emma VP and I are going to be in uh, in the city of brotherly love. Maybe we should try Jim's. You think Jim's? Yeah. All right, we'll make a road trip for that. What is, in your opinion, is you're got we're three well-traveled fellows from different regions of uh, the U.S. of A. What is the best regional fare, and which is one that you would advise? Oh, you're going to that town? Skip that. I know everybody says you have to try that, but don't. It's a waste of time. Man, and what's tough. the best?
3: This is this is the, the like best. Chicago
1: deep dish pizza. People, you go to Chicago, you got to go to deep dish. Got to have that. I think you should try that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not just a novelty. It is delicious. It's going to be tough
2: for me to get me to to bag on somebody's regional food. Um, not me. I, I'm looking at this list, and, and I, I see there's a question mark next to South, <laughs> and then grits. M-O-V-P, there? you didn't
1: exactly work <laughs> overtime on the uh, on covering the no, full uh, just the continental South U.S. There, no, I, I, There's New Orleans has gumbo. Hawaii has Spam no, and Toke. Just giving you some options. Chicken fried steak, fried okra, you could have had. Maryland says up. crab cake, but South question mark, grits. No, but here's the thing and I'm not I'm, I'm not bagging <laughs> this is on. where I'm you not, weigh in.
2: Yeah, this this is a, a common thought that's like, well, oh, people in the south uh, I don't grits. Um I don't see uh, this is this isn't on on Emma, but uh fried chicken, soul food, uh food, food that's culturally associated uh with people in the south who maybe didn't have the choicest cuts of meat uh, to prepare and had to make do with, you know, discarded vegetables and other things where you you had to cultivate a layer of flavor
1: do you think soul food equals what you're describing i I do i do i like in that case there are a couple of soul food places there used to be a great one uh in los angeles that uh, went away but uh i love all that stuff collard greens black eyed peas i like sweet potato pie but it's not a top five pie for me but i still can get by with it and fried chicken but i just have discovered hot fried chicken you ever have hot chicken mm-hmm. where they put the tibet- where they put the hot sauce on the fried chicken oh it's glorious that's spicy it's just glory famously a Nashville uh type of that's just Nashville yeah that's what somebody told me it was associated with okay so that's a contender for number one let's uh, let's figure out our top two or three in the NFL world and right. our worst I'm going to throw one that's a little off the board San Francisco when you go to San Francisco everybody says oh you got to get the uh the sourdough bread bowl nah you don't have to you know, yeah, trust me, you can skip it. It's pretty good, but you San Francisco has so much good food, I would say pass on the bread bowl. Oh, okay. Would you? Yeah, well it's it's how is a sourdough bread bowl in San Francisco any different
3: than a sourdough bread bowl at any bubblegum bubble or shrimp are you, are restaurant you, are you,
2: are you across the country? Enjoying the the bread or the soup? Like which what's
1: I mean, both. I, mean, I enjoy both Because if you're getting a reasonably. chowder
2: in San Francisco, that
3: should be Boston's thing. The sourdough bread I get, but the chowder that you put in it is Boston's. Well,
1: you can't put a broth in there because that would just ruin the bread. No, it's the gotta bread be like a would fall or a- Yeah, it has got to be a heavy soup. So I'm thumbs down on that, and it sounds like you guys are too. Yeah, it makes sense. Next it up- feels like
3: you're right. There's so many other better options to – Burn,
1: Chicago deep dish is great. The only caveat that I would place on it is that, unlike most other pizzas, you cannot eat it every day. <laughs> I tried for, like, my first two months when I moved to Chicago after college, and after that I was like, all right, enough of that. Wait, the only time I ever ate you had it. 280 pounds, you figured. <laughs> you ate this uh, pizza every day? Pretty much, yeah. Because they're, oh. they're really – have you ever had a, a meal. deep dish yeah. pizza? Have you ever meal. held a full deep dish pie? It's like uh, luggage. I, I think you'd have to pay extra to take it on an airplane. It's so heavy. <laughs> um, so Chicago deep dish, very good. Philly cheese steaks. I am fascinated to find out. Of course, I'm, I hail from the left side of the state, which is the right side, if you know what I mean. Um, Pittsburgh, PA, permani Brothers. A lot of people have told me, MOVP included, she'll take a permani Brothers with the fries on it. Over a cheesesteak any day, right? Most Maybe definitely. Fee? Double Sp- egg and cheese. Spaghetti, on the other hand, says shame the devil to that thought there. You think that's Homer Eaton? Well, it's a regular sandwich. And I'm from New York, so I can get a better deli sandwich at home than <laughs> from Annie Brothers. Ooh. Oh, can you? Yeah, Oh, Well, good for you. Headset instant heat coming <laughs> off the headset. But then, why <laughs> did just you tell that thing me? i Then, spaghetti. Why did you tell me if, if it's so delicious and you can eat so many delicious foods in your hometown of NYC, why did you tell me then that you've driven to Philadelphia just to get a cheesesteak? because well, I, I want to—I mean, I went to school in Boston. Too. No, no, no! Chatter, I no, what does everything? Boston what have to do with any of Because I'm this? trying stuff in the area of where I live, or went to school, and I—I get I it's a 90 minute drive, less than 90 minute drive. I mean, I like the ambition to try food. You know that we park our cars in the same garage there, but don't be giving me jive about sandwiches that you can get in your hometown. <laughs> then, then you're running what? off to Philly. You don't want to
3: expand it. your palate. You just, you just, you have not. Your you grown men ever tried a
1: Patroginos? Spaghetti. I've eaten. I've eaten uh, 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 five times as much food as you have. Don't tell me about well, about eating food. It's I think I, I think my belly tells you all you need to know. <laughs> Although, you know what? I forgot to mention. I have lost a couple of pounds. Thanks for you, noticing. You are looking yeah. really good. Thanks for noticing. But the other thing I did—guess what I did last night? Do I look? Do I look uh, like my hair is a little bit shorter than the last time you saw me? Did you get a cut. I did get a cut. You know who cut it? Dave Damashek. the man in the mirror. I gave myself Multi-t- a haircut. Multi-talented. Was it a success? Yes. Is this one of those careers that people go to school for? that you don't need to. Like, maybe this is a thing that, like, I'm going to blow up for society. It's like everybody's no. going to start giving them themselves haircuts. The, haircut. the no. blending, I mean, you, you nailed the blend. I mean, people
2: absolutely need to go to school to be part little, of Put a
1: picture of me up there, Emma VP, and we'll let uh, people vote on it, yay or nay. Did the win? Well, do. Do you want me to put it up on your account? Sure. Was there, No, I don't want there you to on my account.
3: Was there, like, a uh, a – device that you could purchase
1: in multiple installments that assisted you with this haircut or was this just regular shears yeah it was great i saw i was up late one night and there was a product uh that they were talking about it's called a floby and uh so i know uh that's a <laughs> reference for people who are old floby was a great old info that's where i was headed with that. but that's yeah. basically I it. what i did i used what i did i had the shears like you know and i have the little things that you click onto the razor mm-hmm. they go one to eight yep i started out with eight and i was like ah, oh, that's not really doing much and then i So seven went a little lower. Now now I'm on easy street. I know exactly the setting for each part of my hair. All right, there's going to be a little inconsistency in the back, but so what? The money you saved, is that allocated? Where does that go? You know what? That's a great question. Jim's cheesesteaks, Emma VP? Maybe something like that. (laughs) I don't know. Tech could be for my kids. Let's stay with the uh, cheesesteaks for now. We'll uh, put a pin in that. Texas barbecue. The whole thing, barbecue, that's what you would advise? Not Whataburger, Mark took. Oh, geez. Uh,
3: this is dangerous territory for me. Um, yes, I would advise Whataburger, but the thing about Whataburger is I think that is – Something just like people from California will swear in and out as the best burger ever. It's because it's associated with them growing up there. That's, I think, water. So burger it's not as dynamite as people. As opposed to visitors coming and saying, wow, this is amazing. I mean, I do think the good brisket that causes you to wait two hours in line at Franklin's in Austin. I mean, that that is, there is a universal appeal. And it's hard to get a- right. It's hard to get, like, there's... Most barbecue is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. But when it's great,
1: that is hard to nail. Malcolm Jenkins and I were talking about the uh, we ha- we ate barbecue in Houston. I can't think of the name of it. That was the best Gatlin's bris- barbecue. Gatlin's. Gatlin's. Oh, it was the best barbecue. It was the best brisket I ever had. You put it on your tongue, like four seconds later, it's vanished. <laughs> That's true. Nice. Um, San Diego fish tacos. Where do we come down on this? Fine. Um- Whatever. People rave well, though. People are crazy about the fish tacos. I, I've been to Oahu's. What, what? Is it really that much? I. I,
2: you I just, you just need to High quality fish and some good ingredients. What? What's making it? How good can a corn tortilla be? What I want to know is, is just like we were talking about the culture somehow flavoring the food or making the sandwich better. Like, what about it? is adding to the sunshine experience the sunshine
1: and the 70 degree weather (laughs) you know what actually san diego has and i haven't done this myself but a couple of my chums have and they uh strongly recommend go to san diego and visit all the micro brews they have all these micro breweries and you can spend a weekend there a couple guys is down there they got a cheap motel and they uh and they just uh, hit all the micro breweries again Back to the point, my friends are pretty easy to impress. See, this is – Our lives you know, because aren't this, uh, this actually is – That's almost
3: enjoy. a shout-out, that criteria, to uh, the bagels in New York because I guess what the water is – Yeah, the, the, the deal, water – the- And
2: that's a theory with New York pizza as well mm-hmm. is, is the water – is giving you something that you can't get somewhere else. No,
1: that's you the don't really believe that is no it? that is oh. absolutely true. The Colorado River thing sounds like well that can't be true, but it is true that the if you are so it's all the way. It's not it's not specific to New York. It's everything that is east of the Colorado River is has a better quality of bread. It's not as sort of crunchy, if you will. It's it's uh, moister. But if you go like that's why pizza is hard. Good pizza is hard to find. In on the west uh, western part of America, that is that is in fact true. So New York doesn't get to celebrate that alone, but is New York pizza the best of all pizza?
2: You're asking me. I I would uh, I would say no. Yeah. I, I mean
1: I've I had a lot of really good pizza in a lot of really good places. So I don't. So we don't need to get. Yeah. They also have their hot dogs, Nathan's. Those are overrated. Bagels are very good. Jewish delis. Yes, Katz's deli. That deserves a real shout-out. That might even be top three. Then you go New England. You get the lobster rolls. You get the good clam chowder. You ever been driving like 40 minutes outside of Boston proper, and just on the side of the road there's this weird little shack with a with a Coca-Cola kind of <laughs> sign, and you go in there, and it's really is nothing on the outside. And you go in there, and you order off the big board, and then you go through the backside, and then you're sitting by the seat. You're sitting in the bay eating lobster and, uh, and clams and all that stuff. Oh, that's a wonderful American experience. Florida, Miami, key lime pie. I'm, I, I denounce key lime pie. Why in a world of pecan pie and buttermilk pie and chocolate chest pie and coconut cream pie? Why would anyone waste time with key lime? Hawaii has spam or pokey. They're not an NFL city. New Orleans has so much good fare. I don't, wouldn't Why you know what they do? They do the grilled oysters. I love those. Mm. I, 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 I will
2: say anybody going to New Orleans, uh, I mentioned fried chicken earlier. If you go to Willie Mays Scotch House, it's uh, routinely won the awards <clears> <throat> for best fried chicken in the world, and I will, I will double down on that. It'd
1: wow. Be best fried chicken in the world. Maryland has its crab cakes. That's what they're famous for. And they also do the hard shell crabs where you sit at the table, you drink, you get the Old Bay on your lips. It makes them real spicy. Then you get a pitcher of beer to make the make the burn go down. That's a fun process. That's maybe a top three. Georgia has peach cobbler. I like a good one. Memphis has the dry rub ribs. Eh, I'm not as crazy about the that dry rub. Cincy has the worst of all, <laughs> skyline chili, a.k.a. soup. It's uh It's tomato broth. With like a couple beans thrown into it, yeah. I don't, oh, Then they you. spread it over. It looks, like red. it looks like red. Looks like Kool Aid poured over noodles. It's just oh, the worst. Shame, shame on the people of Cincinnati. They they also won the. Oh, there's a Cincinnati. What irredeemable, just about. Denver has Rocky Mountain Oysters Pass. New Jersey has Taylor <laughs> Ham Hard Pork pass. Roll. I don't know what that is even. Is that a person? Can't weigh in. And Wisconsin has its cheese, and I like cheese. I'm gonna give it to you like this, fellas. I'm gonna go New Orleans one mm. because they have many. I'll have to get the grilled oysters. I'll get some. Uh, I'll get a po' boy. The flavor profile is is incredibly unique. I think. Yes. Oh, then give me criteria. some pastrami from Katz's Deli <laughs> up in New York, and then give me a permaany sandwich. A uh, a probably a pastrami there, or you could go Capicola as Mike McCarthy of uh, the Green Bay Packers agreed with me on before a Super Bowl. I asked him what's his beef, his meat of choice at Permanente's. He thought about it for a moment. He stopped his two security guards, held him up, and they tried to pull him away. He stopped and turned to me, thought for a couple of beats, and then said, Capicola, and then turned and walked off. <laughs> High on and I the him.
3: underrated and unknown scale, like it, people who haven't
1: had Capicola before, and they eat it. Like, Why haven't I heard of this? Yeah. Spicy ham, mm-hmm. Eat more often. It's nice. More. Oh, we forgot St. Louis. It's not an NFL town anymore, but uh, just the same. Toasted ravioli. Mm. What? what about LA? Doesn't LA have a good one? Does LA not have a signature food? Sushi, right? Ooh, sushi would. Be yeah. That sounds good right now. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Cincinnati as your worst. Claibon. How say you?
2: Um, if i'm if I'm going off of this list yeah uh, the Rocky mountain oysters would probably be the worst I don't know yeah. how many people from denver would champion Rocky mountain oysters as their regional food uh, but but I would put that at the bottom and then New Orleans I associate New Orleans with food it's the only place on this list i would go particularly to eat
1: wonder if all micro breweries when i think of denver that's what i think of and it seems like all those places are woody and the other thing that they have in common they all make their fries the exact same way and it's a good way to make your fries but where do the why is that universal in micro uh, breweries that they all make that kind of thick cut fry that's a great question you know i ask a lot of great questions that's the thing because ryan shazier is about to find out your best uh, is took uh, you know,
3: actually, I've been to almost all of the regions here except for New Orleans, and I would put New Orleans
1: number one. Ah, uh, take a trip with the lady.
3: Just just based on reputation alone and the fact that that flavor
1: is so unique. Yep. Some of our finest people, fin- some of the, the, the best human beings you'll ever meet on the face of the earth, and some of the most delicious food. Oh, the best. All right, let's get to it. Speaking of wonderful people in a wonderful place, Ryan Shazier now lives on the banks of the Three Rivers in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We chop it up, and I pull no punches, Emma VP. First question, as you're about to hear, We I didn't want to do it. I felt I had to do it. We start off with what happened in Foxborough, AFC title game, January 2017. Let's get to it. Number 50. Ryan Shazier, I'll say my goodbyes to you guys now. Goodbye, Isk. Goodbye, goodbye, Claybon. Thanks all for day. coming in today. Good job, MVP and Spaghetti. We'll talk to you later in the week. Our last show here. We'll get all set for Philadelphia. It, uh, oh, schedule release, right?
2: Schedule release
1: show Thursday. Oh, make sure you tune in on Thursday. We're gonna pour over the uh, brand new schedule release and maybe do some draft talk as well. All right, here we go. Ryan Shazier, take it away, Dave. <laughs> I like to talk to pro football players. You know, it's a passion of mine. But uh, never more so than when a guy who wears the black and gold comes into Studio 66. Look who it is, everybody. Number 50, some people call him the X-Factor of the entire Pittsburgh Steelers team as we head into 2017. It's Ryan Shazier. What's happening, fella?
4: How you doing, Dave? How you doing?
1: I'm doing well, but... I feel kind of conventional. You, you're you fashion forward. You have a black turtleneck on with a real hip kind of like electric blue blazer, huh? You don't like it? I, I, what do you mean? I'm complimenting. I, don't, I do like it. That's uh, my point.
4: Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's a little cold here in California, so i wanted to put my turtleneck oh, on. Oh, stop
1: it. It's cold here in California. <laughs> so how are you, Shazier? Let's start off. Let's get the bad stuff out of the way, and then we'll try to uh, you know, build on uh, some happier stuff as we go into 2017. Um Let's look back at the last game you played, which I guess was 2017 as well. That Patriots game, a lot of high hopes for Steelers fans. This was kind—I of, mean, I had been saying all season long—I feel like the Steelers have a puncher's chance at least in a shootout kind of a game. But it's hard to stop. At what point did you feel like, man, we're just this—this this ain't our day?
4: Uh, honestly, I had full confidence in us the whole game, but I, once I seen Le'Veon come out of the game, I knew it was going to be a little harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need all your pieces, all the chess pieces when you're playing uh, the Patriots. You know they're they're a great team. They have a lot of weapons and they just they they've been in a lot of big situations. And when Le'Veon went down, that kind of hurt us because we can throw blows with a lot of people, uh, player for player. Where I feel like most teams in the NFL, uh, guy for guy, I think we can either even or beat them one on one. And uh, when Le'Veon came out, that really hurt us because he's he's one of our big bangers. But uh Probably towards probably towards the end of the the the, the beginning of the fourth, it mm-hmm. kind of hit me like, dang, this is this is not going our way. I
1: don't know if anybody's mentioned it, but uh, why didn't anybody cover Chris Hogan the whole game? What was happening? What what gives? Ryan Chase here. Oh uh, uh,
4: man, that I don't know, man. That that one hurt too, man. Uh, Hogan, he uh, he just found the, the holes in our defense. I Honestly, think. Uh, he stole a book from Harry Potter and took the invisible cloak and just <laughs> ran down the field and, and opened it, and Tom Brady threw him the ball. But, uh, man, uh, yeah, we just had a bunch of holes in our defense that day, and, and we just – I think we tried to outsmart ourselves, and we just didn't play at the level we normally did. All
1: right, I don't want to belabor, but let's just wrap it up with this. How do you mentally, more than anything, and I guess emotionally too, feel confident – um, and feel scheme wise and otherwise i mean i know the draft still has to come together and see what see how the the roster looks but how how do you rightly say after that game yeah we could still go to the so we we can handle that team sure we if things break right for us we can handle the patriots how do you mentally convince yourselves of that
4: because when you watch the film and then you break down everything that you have to do everything that's went 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 through in the game, you just look at it and say, alright, this isn't. these are the negatives, these are the positives, and we had a lot more negatives than positives, but a lot of times uh, some of the negatives are the guys just beating you, but a lot of the negatives we had in that game, are, we were beating ourselves. Guys weren't blitzing when they are supposed to, guys weren't dropping in the coverage where they are supposed to, guys weren't making the tackles they were supposed to, we weren't hustling to the ball, things like that, that we do every game, we just didn't do in the biggest game of that year, we felt like we had a great practice, but we just didn't have uh we didn't have it together that
1: day um the uh next game that the Pittsburgh Steelers play will be the first in the history of the organization without Dan Rooney We're full disclosure recording this on Thursday afternoon. Everybody's heard the news about Dan Rooney, and uh, you weighed in a lot on Thursday on uh, NFL media um what did what, what was your experience i mean we, we've we talked with like taylor and uh and beyond about uh you know being truly an owner's player and caring about the individuals in there what was your experience
4: oh man he was one of the nicest people i know he was he was close to me i used to talk to him on a regular basis and when i found out this news it really hurt me and, and i felt this deep in my heart uh he he was just a great guy. He really cared about you as a person. He cared about your family. He'll ask questions about your family and and just know people on a first-name basis. Some people, some owners probably don't even know some of the starters for their teams mm-hmm. as well as their, their families, and he knew your families. You don't have to start. You'd be on practice squad. He knew every person in the building. Like football was his life, and his life was football, and he cared about us, and we cared about him.
1: It was quite a thing. I got to, to, you know, uh, I'm not associated with the Steelers, obviously. Although, you know what, I, I, if you need some help at third string QB, I don't want to play every game. But if in an emergency, I could get, I could, you know, we could get by with Damashek, understand? But that's another conversation. <laughs> um, I had the I had the chance once to a couple of years ago to shake his hand and was I couldn't like you described just great you know uh, I'm from Pittsburgh. Well, what, what area are you from yeah. in Pittsburgh? And is you know, your family still back there? I mean, you don't you know yeah. to. Worry about there to ask after me. Yeah, just a, a sweet man. And I encourage you to go to Steelers.com and look up Ike Taylor's interview with Dan Rooney. And that pretty much will depict for you guys separated yeah. by completely different backgrounds right. and 50 years and uh, like two old pals from the neighborhood. Yeah, or something.
4: He's a great guy. You did not have to know him to make him feel like he was your friend. Mm hmm. He'll talk to anybody and everybody, and he's going to make everybody and anybody feel the same exact way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're the richest person in the world or the poorest person in the world or you're the most well-known person or nobody knows you at all. Whenever he met you, everybody felt the same way. You felt like that was somebody that was trustworthy, that you respected, and that truly cared about you and, and looked you in your eyes and made you feel comfortable talking to him.
1: Um, All right, well, so now let's uh, return to football and the here and now of uh, football is the draft, or at least it will be in a little more than a week now. Let's look back. I've been doing this with Maurice Uh Jones-Drew, Malcolm Jenkins, Dwayne Brown. Now it's Ryan Shazier's turn. What do you recall from 2014? You were in New York City. Was family there with you? you, So you're at one of those tables that, uh, you know, is kind of behind the stage kind of thing. Yeah. what, what what's your recollection from that? Did you go about where you thought or?
4: Yeah, uh, I didn't actually think I was going to the Steelers at all. But uh, it was kind of funny because at the draft, one of my friends actually like called me like once the draft started, like called me. My phone was flipped, and then, like I'm, I'm like, what the heck? So I looked. I'm like, I'm not going first overall. I wish, but I looked. Then my friends like, hey man, just congrats. I just want to congratulations. I mean, give uh, <laughs> congratulate you and just want you to know like. We hoping you go somewhere good. I was like, man, bro, thank you, but you just kind of killed my anticipation.
1: Stop yet? Yeah, stop calling me. That, <laughs> right. That's bad form. Your yeah. friend shouldn't call you before you get drafted. Right. True. So if anybody True. out there has a friend who might get drafted, you don't call them when they haven't been drafted yet. Yeah,
4: don't don't call them before the draft.
1: Stay. That's right, because then they think, oh, is this, is this the team? Is it? Yeah.
4: Oh, you know who is? Especially, it? especially if they're not looking at their phone and it just starts buzzing around the time that. They think they might go. So, uh, the thing that's funny to me is that I actually uh, – I knew, like, Khalil and Clowney were going pretty early. So.
1: Clowney goes one to the Texans. Rams take Greg Robinson, too. That yeah. hasn't worked out so well. Blake Bortles to the Jags three – We'll see Bills TBD because of injuries. Raiders, there's Mac. So, uh, so th- yeah,
4: I knew that was going pretty early. So I actually took my shoes off because my draft shoes for some reason were hurting.
1: <laughs> so I took
4: my shoes off and uh, I was like,
1: "I'm hey, going to cut this. The Steelers fans won't like this lack of toughness. My shoes hurt me. Hey. This is, you're the linchpin to the Steelers hey. fortunes. Hey, my no, shoes man,
4: hurt." Hey. hey. <laughs> if my shoes hurt in a football game, I'm playing through it. But if, ah, okay. if I'm just okay. sitting around, I don't, I don't need my shoes hurting. Fair,
3: fair. So All I took
4: right. my shoes off. I was like, I don't think I'm going to around the 15th pick of the draft. So I had a uh, – I didn't think I was going to the Steelers, though. So I just, like, just chose them. number. I'm like, this is pretty much halfway. So I was like, right, I'm, I'm probably going to go around the 15th pick. So uh, I'm I'm like around like 14. I'm starting to, like put my shoes back on, and my agent comes by and is like, hey man, I'm, I just got off the phone with Dallas. They're gonna pick you with the next pick. They have the 16th pick. Mm. So is 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 a uh, is. Uh,
1: so you go. So uh, Chicago,
4: uh, right? Chicago, then Steelers, then Dallas. So he's like, Dallas is about to pick you right now and when when is their turn. And then I went to the the Steelers and uh, I talked to the the linebacker coach. And uh he told me, Hey, we don't need any more linebackers, so you're not coming here. What? Yeah, I don't it makes no sense to me. What do we,
1: I? wait a second. I don't understand this story. First of all, within the span of a couple of minutes, you think you're about to go to America's team. Does your heart soar? This is gonna be great to go to Texas, play with the star in my hat.
4: No, it was actually pretty cool because uh I'm actually I kinda grew up a Steelers fan. So my dad is uh big on defense and we, we just love Defense in in football, so and my dad was like a defensive coordinator growing up in uh he at a high school in Florida, so we we like still it So when I told my dad, I was like, "Hey, I'm about to go to the Cowboys." He texted hit my, my uncle. My uncle's the biggest Cowboy fan I ever know, and he was like, "Yeah, that's what I'm talking about." Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, then my dad was about to text somebody else, and then my phone ring. Like, uh, and then I seen a, a 412 number. Mm-hmm. This time I kept it up. So I seen a 412 <laughs> number and I was like, I know that's not a Dallas area code. I know that's a Pittsburgh area code because I have friends mm-hmm. that went to Ohio State that's from Pittsburgh. So I called and, uh, it was Mr. Rooney and, and those guys and it was like, hey, uh, uh,
1: that's who like, makes the call. It's yeah. Mr. Rooney is the one who. It, it, it was,
4: uh, Art Rooney, Mr. Art Rooney. Oh, okay. It right. It was Mr. Rooney and he was like, hey, uh, Brian, uh, would you like to be a Pittsburgh Steeler? And him, Coach Tomlin, and I talked to Dick LeBeau. And and uh, it was crazy because, uh, like, I really was like, hey, I'm going to Dallas. That's pretty cool. You know, every, like I'm going to America's team, this and that. And mm-hmm. then I am going to Steelers. I was like, hey – you can't lose either way I, I i'm 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 just so happy that i am going to the Steelers and this is such an amazing organization well
1: what's fascinating about it is then uh, at number 8 your teammate briefly in 2016 Justin Gilbert goes to goes there then Anthony Barr who's had a nice uh, early run here and uh, Odell Beckham goes at number 12 so yeah. far i would say he's the well Aaron Donald yeah He's probably the bat. Well, that' pretty, pretty uh, juicy stuff going. On. Like I've, when I've gone through this with some other guys, it's, it's, la- it makes you laugh because yeah. wow, a lot of teams could have had you, Malcolm yeah. Jenkins, but instead they took these guys who are no longer in the league. Yeah. These guys are some Hall of Famers in front of you.
4: Yeah, man, and um, and I'm gonna I'm be one also. So uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I like it. I'm, you know what was, was interesting? Here's the, here is what helps to feed rivalry so that they go on and on beyond just a a few years. The other team that really liked you was the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens had the 17th pick. And as your pick was – as the Steelers' pick was coming around, it was clear, based on need – Pittsburgh's either going to go Shazier or Mosley here. Yeah. And in, in that, whatever it was, 20 minutes or so, the debate of which guy do you want? A more traditional kind of real hard-nosed kind of linebacker? Do you want this uh, this special uh, athlete in Ryan Shazier? How different would things have been if that would have been flipped for you? Do, do you think things uh, the, the way they play ball in Baltimore kind of plays out the same way? Uh,
4: both of us have great defenses historically, so... Uh... Honestly, uh, I don't know how that would play out because I don't even think about ever even want to be in a
1: Raven right now. You know what would be great though? I've said this before, and maybe you have the juice back in Pittsburgh to make this so. I think that Antonio Brown's touchdown with Eric Weddle, by the way, raking yeah. his face mask. Yeah, where's, the flag, yeah. Yeah, where's the
4: flag, Shazier? Where's
1: the flag? Do you know if they don't if that touch if they don't call it a touchdown on the field? The clock runs out. The clock runs out, and ma- and they can't throw a flag and say after the fact, well, he was face-masking yeah, him. Right. You would have lost. I know. You wouldn't have gone to the playoffs. I know. Outrageous. Either way, I think there should be a statue erected direct- immediately between Pittsburgh and Baltimore, right exactly between. And it's stretching over. But Yeah, but exactly right. But like six inches or so closer to Pittsburgh, cause, or into Baltimore territory so that the Steelers always have the edge over Baltimore. That, you like that?
4: Yeah, I actually like that, but like where – where at would that be? Like without where where where?
1: I don't know my geography. How far is it from Pittsburgh to Baltimore? However, exactly equidistant, except like six inch or maybe like a foot into Baltimore territory.
4: You don't think that should just be like outside of the stadium or something?
1: Okay, if you want to do that, that's fine. That's what it. That's uh, my rough uh, model of what so it's going to look like it, there.
4: Oh, and it's going to be right there in the middle? Oh, yeah, yeah I right I see there. what you're saying. You
1: know what I mean? Because then every time Baltimore has to come out to Pittsburgh, they'll pass that on the way and be like, oh, but, man, but, again. But they won't
4: see it, though, because they're going to fly.
1: Yeah, because they're fancy pantses. I wanted to talk about this. You got a lot of attention for this. People thought it was cool or tough or whatever, and it was. You walking around before games. It was cold outside. No shirt. Yeah. You know, that got to be your thing. Are you going to keep doing that?
4: Yeah, I plan on keeping doing it.
1: You're going to keep doing it. I think for 2017, you have to take it to the next level. Take my pants off? No, not take your pants off, please. <laughs> Here's what I want you to do, though. See, that's you without your shirt on. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to do that in the game. Think about that. Playing a game with no pants. Playing in the game. So you'll get fined. So what? You'll do it against a team that, like, do it against the Browns. Like, you're going to win anyway. I don't think Coach Thomas is going to let me do Just that. do it for one quarter. Like, everybody, your legend will be yeah. beyond compare. Nah, I, I
4: don't. I don't even think they're gonna let me on the field.
1: You just take, you just take some paint. You put the fifty right on there, and then you go out there, and people be like, "Did you hear what Chazier did?"
4: Yeah, I, no, I would definitely do it. But the thing is, I like they won't even let me on the field. All right, well, I dude, wish I, no I definitely would do it. Have a helmet, just my, uh, just my uh, no pads. I'm down.
1: Real quick though, let me let's just talk about the state of that defense because you know, I think people have been late to the party on this, but I think for the last uh, you know, I would say for the last season and a half, that defense has kind of quietly been really really very good. You lose Cam Hayward during the season, um and you know, Sanquez Golson, we'll see what happens there and, and so on, but to me, it seems like Tuit is for real. What yeah. you know, I I think Tuit is a dominant player. Yeah. It seems like Javon Hargrave is uh, is was really coming on there, mm-hmm. you in the linebacking core, and now the pieces in the secondary, Sean Davis and beyond. What do we think? I mean, how good hey, can this defense be?
4: The thing is, hey, we're just going to silently just continue to do what we have to do, continue to grow into the, the team that we want to be. And hey, nobody give us credit. We have one of the most high-power offenses in the NFL. So if they're going to pit up, uh, basketball numbers. Hey, I'm I'm cool with that. We're just gonna take care of business. Give them back the ball and just hey, we're we're handling business over here.
1: Did they talk to you about uh, the fact that because you really to me are the personification of this new kind of defense, not just for the Steelers but for successful teams in the NFL, which is that you know when you you know. Twenty years ago, what defined a great defense was they just smothered you. Like you know, they kept you to single digits and you never had a chance. Because of the rules changes, you just can't do that. You're never going to just completely shut anybody down. Now it's about taking the ball away. And it seems to me you're one of those kind of playmakers who, I mean, you had four games in a row with uh, with ints. I feel like you're all over the place. I mean, you're disruptive. I mean, you lay a wallop on guys. But beyond that, you really take the ball away quite a bit. And it seems like you have a few other guys on that defense that are kind of built the same way. Yeah, we
4: we try to get the to- ball as much as we can we try to if we have more possessions than they do we're going to win the game especially with the offense that we have but i always joke around with my friends say hey man hey i'm gonna be the first first player to have 16 picks (laughs) because i honestly every game i'm going out there i'm trying to watch films like dbs i'm trying to learn Mm -hmm. a way to get the ball back to our offense like i want to touch the ball also so if you if you're willing to get if you're willing to give it to me i'm taking it
1: it's funny because, you know, you hear about matchup nightmare, whether it's Rob Gronkowski or anybody, somebody who's sort of plays in a hybrid sort of a way. To me, you're the defensive version of that. You know, listen, you're going to try to run on us you know, Shazier's faster than anybody you have handing the ball, and you can drop in coverage and really handle those uh, those pass-catching tight ends running up the seam like that. And uh, So, like I say, it's no wonder then that so many people look at number 50 now and say, if this defense is really about to emerge as one of the very best in the league it's on uh 50 shoulders largely and uh uh anyway appreciate the time man
4: thank you for having me thank you for having me i just i'm just grateful to be here and just uh and just be able to talk to you.
1: You got some hair coming in too.
4: Yeah, I'm uh, out of nowhere during the season. It just start growing back, and uh, I'm just letting it grow. Just try to give more awareness for alopecia. A lot of people don't really uh, know what alopecia is. It's autoimmune disease, and people lose their hair. So a lot of people get it confused with people with cancer and things like that. But my hair just started growing out of nowhere for 20 hmm. years, and I just want to give a better awareness of it.
1: You know what'd be cool is if if it just keeps going. You just see how far like you get like Trump. You know, by like October, it's like what happened to right? Ry- is right? Ry- is Donald Trump on the team? No, that's Shazier. <laughs> nah,
4: the hair know, came in. I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna grow it that long. I'm gonna <laughs> wait to camp, just see what I want to do. I'm thinking about cutting it in camp, but if I want to keep it growing, hey, I'm gonna just keep it. Going.
1: Could you go like cap? Could you go big? That's a neat, That's a cool hey, look too. Hey,
4: honestly, it's a hair disorder, man. Hey, this, it's growing as much as it wants. Yeah. <laughs> <I, laughs> I would, hey, I'm surprised I even got this much right now.
1: By the way, how about Kaepernick as the backup QB? That'd be dangerous. Hey, Good luck preparing for that. Oh, Roethlisberger's not going in the second half? Deal with Kaepernick now, defenses. Hey,
4: because hey, that would change the whole game. Wouldn't man. it? Total, total different offense. I don't think you guys will be ready for
1: that. Oh, we could go on and on about the Buckeyes, Ohio State, what's going to happen in the Big Ten in 2017. But you know what? Our time is, is uh, has run out. Good health to you, man, and uh, and a successful 2017. Hopefully we'll uh, catch up. If not before, maybe we'll get together in early February 2018 up in the Twin Cities somewhere. How yeah, about that?
4: I like the sound of that.
1: Yeah, and maybe you can uh, you can uh, give what for to those Cowboys, you know?
4: Hey, I'm good with that one too.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, Guys, 16. Who'd you get at 16? Cowboys. Cowboys got Zach Martin. Pfft. It's not even in the league anymore. All right, he still is. Yeah, was the- I
4: was to say. Yeah, he's. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what league you're watching, but uh, I know he's in the NFL.
1: Yeah, that's true. So is Ryan Shazier, and uh, he's positively delightful. Uh, like I say, best wishes to you going forward, man. Thank you. And let's go Pens too, right? Yeah, let's
4: go Pens. Look, we got to beat the. Uh, we got to beat the Blue Jackets. too. yeah, you're wearing we a
1: blue beat- jacket though. That's kind of. Anyway, hey. I think they get the the spirit of your message. They
4: they know where my heart is at.
1: That's right, yeah. But they'll know it even better when you take your shirt off on the field. Yeah. Just play, tackling Cleveland Browns? Yeah, with my shirt off? I mean, I'm not asking you to do that right now. I'm saying when you're out there, take that, uh, Cody Kessler, you know. You'll beat them anyway. You don't have to have uniform. You
4: mean uh, Brock you. Osweiler?
1: Oh, yeah, Brock. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They wear, you know, if you ever get confused about who you're playing in in Cleveland, just look at their pants because it says Browns on it.
4: Yeah, I know. I always look at it, especially the brown and orange ones. All
1: right. Let's get out of here. Uh, There he goes. uh, Number 50, Ryan Shazier.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. begins.